What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I'm Mostly Okay. Audrey here, and thank you guys so much for tuning in for another week. Um, I do want to say before we get started, I appreciate so much all the positive feedback on last week's episode where we talked about body positivity and my mindset right now trying to get my weight under control. Um, I actually got a lot of, I guess, like comments and messages about people saying that they're kind of in the same headspace. Um, I got some really great workout program recommendations. I got some other uh, diet tracking apps and tool recommendations. Um, And a couple people said that they were interested in hopefully trying Noom, um, which is the app that I talked about last week. So that is really, really exciting. Um, And I am so grateful and excited that the content I'm putting out is, you know, I have different people engaging with it and really liking what I'm saying. Um, And that last week, you know, it was just me talking. It wasn't something that was, I had researched beforehand or that I had kind of like scripted out and organized beforehand. Um, So it's good to know that those kind of more casual and laid back episodes and chats are well received. Um, So this week I have another kind of laid back and more casual episode planned. Um, Today we're going to talk about something that has been weighing on my mind a lot the last couple weeks and that Ronnie and I in the last couple days have talked about a couple times. Um, And that is how being in quarantine for, oh my gosh, how many months has it been? Five? Going on six? Yeah, going on six. It started in March. Um, How quarantine has impacted my social anxiety. Um, I do need to preface and say beforehand, this is not, I haven't been clinically diagnosed with any type of anxiety disorder or depression disorder. Um, so I'm not, I, I can't speak from the perspective of, perspective of someone who is, you know, medically diagnosed with these disorders and afflictions. However, I can kind of talk about my experience Um, and how I deal with a lot of the same symptoms and how overwhelming they can be and kind of the onset of these feelings of just kind of being out of control um, and kind of what I'm trying to do to deal with it if I'm doing anything at all to deal with it. We'll get into it. Um, But to kind of give a little bit of backstory... I would say in middle school and at the beginning of high school, I was definitely more shy. Um, Coming from a military family, like we moved around a lot. And so I started at new schools pretty frequently. Um, We didn't really settle until my sister and I hit high school age. Um, But so in middle school, I was a little bit more shy. It took me longer to open up to people because, you know, I was regularly the new kid. Um, and I also, I like hit puberty before a lot of girls my age. So I was much taller than everybody. 
Um, I shot up before any of my friends, before any of the boys. And, you know, I just kind of developed faster. And so I always felt a little bit out of place. Um, And I also had a hard time relating to kids my age. I found very often that when we moved to somewhere new, I became friends with people that were not not a lot, but a little bit older than me. Um, my mom has always said that I've, you know, been like a mini adult my whole life. So that's just my personality. Um, so when I was moving around a lot and I was new frequently, I was more shy. It took me a long time to open up to people and I wouldn't necessarily call myself a social butterfly when I was younger. Um, once I hit high school and I'd say probably after the first, I don't know, maybe five months of freshman year in high school, I really opened up. I found, um, I joined sports teams that I loved and that helped me make some really great friends. I was in different clubs. I did like the whole student government, student leadership kind of thing. And so the rest of high school, I, I was just incredibly social. I was constantly in kind of a public setting. I loved giving speeches, like I loved public speaking. And so I had a lot of teachers who volunteered me for different events. Um, I had a good relationship with a lot of the office administrators and the principal. And so I used to speak at like middle school nights and um, like parent nights, that kind of thing. I just, I loved doing that and I was good at it. I, you know, many people have told me, not trying to toot my own horn, but many people have told me that I'm pretty well-spoken and articulate. So I enjoyed those kind of public speaking situations. And I was able to make a lot of friends in different settings because of all the stuff that I was involved in. So like I had my athlete friends because I played volleyball and I played soccer and I had my like choir friends because I was in um, our competitive choir at high school and I had my kind of like, I I don't want to call them nerdy. They, They weren't nerdy, but you know, we were like, is smart and we cared about school and we were in student leadership and we cared about the school and you know I had that group of friends and I I don't want to go so far as to say that I was popular but I kind of was I I had a in general a pretty good time in high school and I didn't have as many issues talking to new people putting myself in various social situations um I used to really consider myself an extrovert. Now that I know a little bit more about the definition of an extrovert, which if you don't know, it's they, extroverts are generally recharged and they kind of get energy from being in social settings and around other people. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm an extrovert because I definitely crave and need time and space to myself. But in high school, I was very comfortable in a social setting. I loved going out with my friends, going out to eat. I just, 
that was something that I, you know, I thrived on. Um, and I would say the beginning of college, I was kind of the same way. I was nervous being in a new state and being somewhere where I didn't know anybody and being away from my family. Um, that was definitely hard. And so the first couple months of freshman year here in California at school was difficult. Um, and I remember calling my mom a lot and just being like, I'm so homesick. It's really hard to be here. I don't feel good about this. Like I'm struggling. I was struggling in my classes. I was just having a hard time. And about halfway through the year, I, I just kind of got over that. I started hanging out with a lot of people from um, my dorm and just kind of bonding and creating those friend groups. And um, I had some friends from the club volleyball team that I got close to, which was great. And I just kind of like refound my ability to incorporate myself in multiple social settings and feel good about it. Um, and so I would say that continued through probably the first half of college. And then once I hit probably close to the end of junior year and senior year, um, Ronnie and I were living together. Senior year, we had an apartment off campus. So I was rarely on campus at all. I would just go there for class. And I was working quite a lot, um, especially senior year. I was, for most of the year, I'd say between 20 and 25 hours a week and being a full-time student, like taking, you know, 16 to 18 units. Um, and I was playing volleyball and I was on a, in a couple other clubs. Like my time was very much taken up. And so I wasn't going out as much. Um, I wasn't going to parties as often and Ronnie and I were, you know, focused on school. So we weren't going out together as much. That's not to say that we didn't, I still definitely enjoyed, um, you know, a couple parties with the volleyball team and going out for drinks with my coworkers. Like I, I still did that and had fun. Um, and then obviously the end of my senior year was interrupted by COVID. So March hit and that was the start of our spring quarter. Um, and so all of the classes were online. So everything was done from uh, my bedroom and I lost, I was furloughed from Victoria's Secret at the beginning of April, if I remember correctly. Um, and I haven't, I haven't worked since then. Victoria's Secret has since reopened, but I decided not to go back. Um, and so I've spent, you know, the majority of the last six months at home. I, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was very religious about, I'm only going to go shopping when I need to. Um, I was taking, you know, Loki out for walks and that was really it. I wasn't going anywhere. Um, and Ronnie, I've said this a couple times, like he has been working a lot more than he was during school because he has more time. Um, and so I spent quite a bit of time alone and I have noticed in the last couple months. And let me just say too, the whole reason that I'm kind of talking about this is because I need to know if anybody else is experiencing this too, because I thought it was impossible for someone like me who loved 
being around people and who was so confident and I didn't care what other people thought of me and so I could you know speak and be out in public and you know talk to strangers and I just didn't care to now someone who if I have an awkward interaction with like a store employee or even you know a stranger now that I see on the street or meet somewhere if I have an interaction that I feel I was awkward in like oh I shouldn't have said that or um, I wonder what they thought of me saying this certain thing or whatever I can't stop thinking about it and I it makes me incredibly nervous and I'm talking like a physical reaction to like a two-second conversation with a cashier I and so I am trying my hardest to not have those interactions I have not gone into stores that I know have a tendency to like personally service you because I'm just afraid of talking to an employee and I another example it's kind of embarrassing to talk about so if I'm pausing and laughing it's because I'm laughing at myself because when you say it out loud it sounds ridiculous um we I I said this in my last podcast but we have been eating out a little bit more frequently and we are taking full advantage of there's a lot of deals on DoorDash right now like they're doing discounted delivery whatever when I order DoorDash, if I'm by myself, I will do everything possible to make sure that I don't have to interact with that DoorDash driver. And that I leave like, you know, extensive instructions on that kind of like any extra notes for your driver, like the little text box or whatever. I say to leave it at my door and don't ring the doorbell and um sometimes i've put instructions to get to our apartment in there so that they don't get lost and they don't have to call me or i don't have to go out there and meet them because i'm just i can't talk to people i it's like a skill that i have lost somehow and when i do have to interact with someone when i do have to talk to someone else besides you know ronnie or my family I just am overanalyzing every single thing that I do. I've noticed that I'm not as good at making eye contact anymore. Um, If I'm having a conversation and Ronnie is there, even if I'm talking to the other person, I find myself looking at Ronnie and saying things at Ronnie that are intended for other people. And I'm not as good at filling conversations. Like I will let awkward pauses go and I just hope and hope that they will jump in or Ronnie will jump in to save it because I am at a loss for words and that is something that I have never had I have never been I mean I guess you know when I was younger maybe but it's been such a long time since I've been that way that now anytime I think about having to interact with somebody I just I, I break out in a full body sweat like I'm I feel you know just physically very overwhelmed I get almost if if any of you guys are claustrophobic you know how it feels when you're in a tight space that like the air is kind of pressing on you like 
I don't know how to describe it, but it's like the air is getting smaller when you're in a tight space. That's how it feels when I think about talking to someone besides Ronnie or my family. And I freak myself out. Like I just really, really overanalyze what I'm going to say, what they're going to say, and how do I respond to that. And it's such a weird thing because I've just, I've never been like that. And it's made me fearful of kind of, I guess, a reintegrating into society. You spend six months, you know, locked up in your apartment. You are kind of reintegrating yourself. But kind of the crux of this problem, and this is something that I talked to Ronnie about, and I tried to explain it to him the best way that I could. And I still, when I say it out loud, it just, it sounds ridiculous. But... I am afraid of going back to work. I, and that, and that sounds ridiculous because there are people who lost their jobs who so desperately want to work right now and they just can't. And so I feel ungrateful and, and ridiculous and privileged even saying that I'm afraid to go back to work but I don't know how else to describe this like unbelievable feeling of panic I get when I think about being in a traditional work setting. And the fear is coming from a couple different places. I am number one, I'm afraid of starting over again. I have had two jobs in my whole life. When I was in high school, I worked at a movie theater. And then after high school and in college, I started working at Victoria's Secret. And those are the only two jobs I've had. I've worked there for a long time. The movie theater, I think I did two and a half, almost three years. I think, I believe I started, oh no, it was like two and a half years. I started at the beginning of my junior year and worked until after graduation. Um, And then Victoria's Secret, I worked there for almost years just just before I hit the three-year mark those were the only two jobs I've ever had and you know they were both like customer service retail I guess kind of jobs but I am afraid of starting over in something completely different I because I don't want to go back into retail I really don't want to go back to customer service I I want to get an administrative job preferably in like some kind of healthcare setting. And I want to start gaining that experience that's going to help me um, with, you know, a healthcare management career. But I'm, I'm terrified of taking that first step. I, I'm afraid of not knowing what I'm doing. And I'm afraid of disappointing my future employers. I'm afraid of disappointing myself. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of getting into this field that I have hyped up for the last year and a half and then deciding that, oh my gosh, this isn't for me. And then having to change my plan again, which if you know me at all, is incredibly difficult. And all of these, everything that I'm saying sounds superficial and ridiculous. Trust me. I know. I get it. Every time I think about it, I'm like, just get over yourself. You're you're going to need a job. You have bills to pay. You're an adult. 
And everybody at some point, you know, is going to start a new job and not know what they're doing. Everybody goes through that. I totally understand. I totally get it. And what I have promised myself and what I promised Ronnie too is that I'm not going to let this fear that I have put us in a financial situation that is iffy or dangerous or scary or whatever. Um, you know, I have a minimum savings goal. I'm not going to let my savings drop below that amount. Um, I have a good amount set aside right now so that I can pay our rent and pay our bills or my half of those things um, and not worry. So I'm not going to let myself get in a financial situation that's irresponsible. But I, oh my gosh, guys, I'm just, I'm so afraid of like leaving this safe nest that I have built for myself in, in the last couple months. I, and I've spent a lot of time and energy making our apartment, our home, this like perfect, serene place for me to be in. So much so now that if we go out to eat or if we go shopping for a couple hours, I'm drained for the rest of the day. I don't have any more energy to be like out in the world anymore, which is unbelievable. And it's not healthy. I'll tell you that right now. And I'm trying to figure out ways to to move past that I Ronnie brought up a good point and he was just like you know it's just about exposure so if I can take you know take more time being away from the apartment and being with other people like you know just do make little plans we've got a couple of Ronnie's friends that have come over a couple times you know for dinner and to play games and to drink and that was fun and that was good. That was, you know, an, an interaction that I could handle and I felt good about and it was great. And so I just need to incorporate more of those into my life. And I think that I'll be okay. And as far as the job thing goes, here's the thing. If I if I submit an application somewhere, because I'm still actively looking for work, I haven't put that on hold. I'm still sending in applications in my resume. I've typed up um, several cover letters if they request that. I, you know, I'm still actively and wholeheartedly looking for a job. Um, so if I, if I can get past that step, you know, if someone calls me back and they're like, oh, we want to have an interview, we want to do this, I'm not going to skip it. I'm not going to not go. This is more than just me being anxious about being in a new place. It's I need to secure a job to get an experience so that, you know, we can build our future. I know that that's important. So I'm not going to be dumb and pass up an opportunity if I get one. But because of the pandemic situation, this is kind of at least working in the favor of my anxiety a little bit. Nobody's calling me back. <laughs> Nobody is offering interviews or they keep saying that they're closing positions and I just I can't get a call back so as much as that sucks 
you know, being someone that's looking for employment and wanting a, wanting a job, obviously you want to at least get an interview. Um, but it's kind of working in my favor where I, you know, I have a couple weeks left of unemployment benefits that I can collect so that I can, you know, have money to pay our next month's rent. But I also have some time to kind of work on these social fears. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to not spend as much time in the apartment. I'm going to try to work on establishing, you know, more healthy habits that I can transition into my working life as well. Um, I'm trying to adhere more strictly to a daily schedule, which it has been something that I've been working on God, forever. <laughs> like since high school, I've tried to, oh, I'm going to wake up at this time every day and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z before I do this, this, and this. And I suck at it and I haven't yet been able to stick to a routine, but we're working on it. At this point, we're working on making sure that we're up early and the first thing that we do is take care of Loki and then we try to have you know a good breakfast and just get ready for the day and so I feel like if I can establish these healthy habits of incorporating you know exercise and my hobbies and eating healthy and doing things that I enjoy into everyday life when I don't have a job to worry about I'm hoping that if I can make that stick then when I do start a job, it, you know, it stays. And then I can finally maintain balance. I'm not going to be, you know, 100% in work or 100% in self-care or whatever. I can be 50-50 and finally not, you know, push myself over the edge either way. And that's something that I've struggled with for a long time. So the social anxiety thing, it's it's newly developed. I, I was never this way. I never cared. I was confident enough to say what I needed to say and not worry about what other people were thinking because I had an opinion and I had a voice and I was going to do what I needed to do no matter what. And now I just think about it too much. I'm way too concerned with what people think of me and what do you know do they want to spend time with me again do they even want to have a conversation with me again was that awkward I'm going to think about it for the rest of the day it's going to freak me out it makes your heart beat fast and it makes you clammy and it makes <laughs> it's it's a very intense physical reaction and I just don't want it to be like that I miss feeling good enough about myself in public that I could talk to a stranger and not care. So that is kind of where we're at. And I, like I said, I, I need to know if anybody who's listening to this is having the same type of issues, whether it's, you know, full blown, like, you know, oh, we just left the store and the cashier looked at me funny and now I think I'm having a mini panic attack or if you're just you don't really know how to talk to people anymore you know I just I want to know I want to know how you guys are engaging with this and if you have any tips on how to overcome it and make it better 
that would be great because your girl is struggling again like with everything um but yeah I think I think that's where we're gonna wrap it up I hope that this was maybe relatable for some of you um and I hope that you enjoyed it and again I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in and listening for another week um, you can check out my previous episodes on my website link, which is on my Facebook page and my Instagram, which is Audrey T-A underscore T-E. Um, so please check out previous episodes if you haven't listened to them yet. If you like this content, then share it if you think someone would benefit from hearing what I have to say. And I appreciate you guys so much. Talk to you next week. Happy Tuesday. Bye.